This is Strange Assembly, episode 294. Good riddance, 2020. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. One of the annual episodes that we do every December is this Game of the Year episode. And usually it goes something like this. There's two elements to each of these episodes. We do a preliminary Game of the Year for the year that just finished. And we call this a preliminary Game of the Year because it's right at the end of the year in December. There's no way, even with a group of gamers who play a relative lot of games, that you've sufficiently covered the games that came out this year, especially how with how backloaded the schedule can be with Gen Con and then Essen. And so we just call that the preliminary game of the year. Also, we award our official final game of the year award to the game from the prior year. So in the end of 2019 episode, we awarded the game of the year for 2018. This is usually prefaced by me saying how wow, we should really move our Game of the Year award up just like everybody else, get it done no later than summer, because by the time Gen Con of the following year comes, nobody really cares about a Game of the Year award for the prior year. Every year I say something like this, every year we end up doing it in December anyway, because, you know, futility is a thing I enjoy apparently. And these episodes usually are a conversation with me and and one or two other people. And this year's episode is going to be a bit different and way shorter. And first, you'll notice I'm the only one on it. And part of the reason is that most of our discussion in the Game of the Year episode is the preliminary Game of the Year. Because, like I said, usually by the time we get to December of the following year and we officially award the Game of the Year from the prior year, These are games that people are relatively familiar with. They've been reviewed on prior episodes of the show. We don't go into them a bunch. Well, the biggest thing that's going to be different this year is that we're not going to award a preliminary game of the year at all. I could tell you what my personal game is that I've played so far out of 2020. It's Pandemic Legacy Season 0. But that's not what the preliminary game of the year award is supposed to be. I'm the person that you hear on every episode of Strange Assembly, but I'm I'm not the only person you hear here. And then there's an, a larger group of people who contribute to the internal voting for what the game of the year is going to be. Well, 2020, you may have noticed, has been a bit odd. It's been harder to get together with people to play new games. We have not had the benefit of conventions. Nobody has gone to a PAX. Nobody has gone to a Gen Con. Nobody has even gone to a local gaming convention, right? The 12-year-old game that you're playing with your 8-year-old child 30 times is usually not a good game of the year candidate, and there's a lot of that this year. So what this episode is going to be used for is just to announce what our 2019 game of the year 
picks or pick was along with the runners up. And this episode is then going to be even more anticlimactic than usual because I'll just start off and say the Strange Assembly game of the year for 2019 is Wingspan, which is the exact same game of the year that basically everybody else picked. In our preliminary game of the year rankings from last year, the preliminary game of the year was Star Wars Outer Rim with Wingspan taking runner-up because we as a group are more than a little bit Star Wars skewed. And you you can see that continuing on when I talk to the runners-up, but with the, the benefit of the year and more thorough playing of everything by everyone, right? There was some availability issues with Wingspan, as in it was super popular, so it constantly sold out every time they published more of them. Wingspan has taken its top spot. The I think it's probably to say it's going to end up being the classic Euro game by Elizabeth Hargrave, published by Stonemeyer Games. We did a whole episode on it. We have a tie for the runner-up, and Star Wars Outer Rim has slid down into this tie spot, so not a lot of movement there. And tied with it is another licensed thematic game from Fantasy Flight, which is The Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth. Journey in Middle-Earth has had less discussion on the podcast than those other two have. It was neither the runner-up nor the winner of the preliminary game of the year for 2019. So I'll actually say a little bit more about that, right? Because Star Wars Out of Rim, if you've played Firefly, the board game before, it's like a much more streamlined Firefly, but Star Wars instead of Firefly. It's a thematic game where you can kind of take your pick of picking up and delivering hunting bounties, blowing up patrol vessels, that sort of thing. Nice Star Wars smugglers, scum and villainy, scoundrels sort of vibe to it. Journeys in Middle-Earth is in formatting most similar to Mansions of Madness, which is one of my favorite games of all time, in that it comes in a large box. It is a cooperative game. It is app-driven. You are getting a lot of miniatures. You're getting tiles. There are some underlying ways that the mechanics feel familiar, but the game's significant differences because the sort of things you do as investigators in 1920s New England are, of course, not the sort of things you do as a collection of elves and dwarves and other fantasy archetypes running around Middle-earth. But you you have the same familiar, you, you start on a tile and you have a few tiles around it and then you'll explore and you'll add more tiles. Every player controls their own characters, you get to take two actions, those actions can be moving, they can be interacting, they can be fighting. Fighting is enormously important in the game in the way that it is often not in Mansions of Madness, right? I mean, you fight in that, but your characters are not running around killing stuff every turn, whereas in Lord of the Rings, like, you probably just want to take Legolas and use him to shoot stuff with his bow basically every single turn. I like Mansions of Madness better. Lord of the Rings, if you like that theme, is obviously going to be a big step up. The exploration works well. It doesn't work quite as well. You have this little counterintuitive thing where when you find a new space, but then you haven't actually gone there yet, then it punishes you for having opened up the new space. So the sort of action economy 
is more important in some ways in Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle-Earth, which is weird to say because action economy is super important in Mansions of Madness. It's also interesting on a, a random note that you cannot help but notice that there are six characters in the game and you will recognize four of them. And the four characters you will recognize are the male characters. And there are two characters that you won't recognize and they're the female characters. And that's because Fantasy Flight Games had to make them up to add to the game because as much as I love Tolkien and The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, like there are no female characters in this book, give or take, right? Certainly not in a, not in a protagonist sort of role. So, right, you have Legolas, you have Gimli, and then you have Barivor, who's that? Quite a functional character, but, you know, not in the books, but Fantasy Flight, what, what, are, they, what, what are you going to do? And, and kudos to Fantasy Flight for, you know, doing what they can to make up for that. So that is our 2019 Game of the Year word, uh, awards. And yes, I, I still know that it's December 2020. So top Game of the Year for 2019, Wingspan, designed by Elizabeth Hargrave, published by Stonemeyer Games. Runners-up tie between two different Fantasy Flight games, Star Wars Outer Rim and The Lord of the Rings, Journeys in Middle-Earth. We sincerely hope that your 2020 has been as good as it could be. We sincerely hope that everyone's 2021s are way better than everyone's 2020s. And we look forward to next year being able to more meaningfully talk about to you about a larger quantity of recently published games because we will actually have been able to get out into game stores and get back into our game groups and get back to our conventions Please let us be in a position to be able to have conventions next summer and fall. Thank you for listening to us for this year. If you are mostly a podcast listener, note that we, we do have more written reviews on the website than we have podcasts. And you can also find a handful of videos now on a Strange Assembly YouTube channel, mostly about role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons, and Vampire the Masquerade. We hope to see you here in 2021. We hope to see you there in 2021. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there in the Apple Podcasts app or whatever your favorite podcatching service is. Wherever it is that you listen to us, but especially if it's Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate if you will leave us a rating or review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also find us on the usual social media. We are at Strange Assembly on Twitter, Strange Assembly on Facebook, at Strange Assembly on Instagram. In the meantime, though, you can reach me directly. I'm Chris at StrangeAssembly.com. I always love to hear your comments and feedback. But until then, this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.